welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. And Michael, we have a uh, differently themed docket this week. We are going to do an entirely mid-2000s TV episode. Episode. Uh, are we selling meth out of a van? What are we doing? We're going to be doing three-hour summaries of episodes of Parks and Rec. <laughs> this is our YouTube channel. Welcome. Uh, if we were actually going to do that, it would be Succession. It would 100% be Succession. Did you see the teaser drop yesterday? I actually haven't watched it yet. What the fuck? I don't know if I'm going to. I want to go mm. in fresh. Okay, see, that is the Let me only guess. proper answer. Uh, the Roy clan gets up to some shenanigans. <laughs> Are you making fun of Succession? Is that what's <laughs> happening now? Is that how this podcast comes to an end? Oh, yeah. that The one thing that could tear us apart. <laughs> but ironic, but also the next thing that never would. <laughs> no, it, it couldn't because we both love it. Succession brings families together in this country. Uh, Succession is a show that I enjoy a lot, but many people that I love and care about really can't handle. They're just like, it's just rich people being terrible. And I'm like, yeah, really terrible. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting how terrible they are? <laughs> like, look, if I want to also watch middle class people being terrible, there's Peep Show right behind it. Yeah, I, it does. I think it gets to uh, the core of something, though, which is that it's very hard to tell stories where mm. uh, your characters, you don't fall in love at least somewhat. And yeah. that's, that's why uh, I will never apologize for kendall roy's problematic rap sequence oh man that this is what i will get canceled for <laughs> <laughs> i think i think it's important that more white guys rap that's my like that's my men's rights that's your culture movement. war <laughs> yeah that's the thing i'm fighting for is i want a proportionally higher number of white male rappers yeah you you're done with post malone but you need more current malones <laughs> Post left Malone, my yes. rap name. Oh, okay. So we're gonna go start a Twitter handle after this. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's funny. That's a funny place to start because I do think we're opening this episode uh, with one of my favorite se se uh, sections. Michael and Zach confess their internet sins. Yeah, uh, we're not gonna confess all of our internet sins. <laughs> Pull up the browser history. Let's fucking go, bud. There will be. Uh, my internet sins will be more, far more class-related if we're going to pull up browser history than anything, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just shoes. It's just shoes. Shoes and watches, just all the way down. It's not okay. You're disgusting. I, I truly am a filthy materialist. Not just in my politics, but in my buying habits. <laughs> Zachary doesn't want luxury space communism he wants luxury sneaker communism yeah yeah i want luxury private space communism <laughs> anyway uh what let's let's start M michael yeah, so, you, so, so you <laughs> we're in we're in our little accountability group yes. now we're going around the circle we're talking about our habits online you know how many boobs we googled mm -hmm. how many nipples have been seen how many areolas <laughs> Uh, and we get to <laughs> we get to Michael, and Michael is here to talk about his recent obsession watching constitutionalists uh, argue with cops on YouTube. That's so much worse than any boobs you could have googled. <laughs> so this is yeah no it is it is far more shameful. Uh, it is a fascinating world that I've stumbled into. I would describe this as the slightly more legitimate offshoot of the "Am I being detained, bros." <laughs> uh, that you know, sort of had their YouTube moment a decade ago, but you know the guys. We never that... did find out. Is the thing. 
Were they being, were they detained? being detained? All of those men have been killed under mysterious <laughs> circumstances. Like Black Every, Lives Matters protesters. Yeah, every single libertarian <laughs> that went through a DUI checkpoint talking about right to travel, freedom of travel, mm. uh, is now just disappeared under mysterious they circumstances. They just ended up dead in the trunk of a car in yeah. like fucking St. Louis. Okay, so how to even unpack? Yeah, where do we even go from so, here? So let, let's start. Let's start. This is a tale of two terrible groups, right? You've got, on the one hand, the cops yes. who suck every single one of them's a bastard yeah. we know that yeah, we hate cops. and on the other hand that was our have... entire last episode <laughs> you have uh what could alternately be described as constitutionalists a lot of times they refer to themselves as first amendment auditors and what first these... amendment auditors, auditors. yeah and I so love... i'm sorry yeah i need a second <laughs> Adding the word auditor See, to See, I'm it already is... like 15 no, levels deep. No, this no, is just no, language no. I use now. And yeah. Zach's just like, hold up. <laughs> First, they add the word auditor to it. Like, yeah. like, no, I need to professionalize my assholery. So, okay. So this is, this is the thing, right? Here's the game. Let me set it up for you. Uh, <laughs> it is legal to film on public property anything that you can see, with, as they would call it, from public. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, and a lot of times what this will mean is that someone will show up with a camera rig and they will videotape in publicly owned areas like police stations, courthouses, yeah. uh, things things that you have public right to or often mm -hmm. from a public street of a private, uh, private prison, mm -hmm. something like that. And they'll just sit there and film because ostensibly what they're saying they're there to do is they're there as an independent journalist and they're working on a story. Mm. that's what they say but really what they're there to do is to have cops show up and try to harass them and then film that interaction i want to see when you describe this i at first want to be on board yeah well <laughs> there is something there right because right. what these people are doing is legal right. uh, and again and to be clear right, these are all terrible people totally. uh one of the guys philip turner who i'll talk about a little bit more there was actually very important court case he was involved in uh yeah. but then you know you hop on his twitter and it's like fauci conspiracy theories like right. this is like well yeah i mean it's why the aclu's defended neo-nazis right like yeah yeah I mean, we, I, we we are not going into that snake yeah, pit. and i don't think these people are nazis generally no They're, i know I, but i'm saying like there's a reason sometimes with issues of free speech you end up yeah, with annoying, annoying people. But what is fascinating about these videos, the reason I've yeah. fallen hard down this rabbit hole and watched <laughs> and hard for these people, many, yeah, yeah, and I'm currently getting married to a constitutionalist, uh, <laughs> is because it really says a lot about the petty tyranny mm, of cops. Yes, and, uh, even that word tyranny is loaded given what we're talking about. So often, what will happen is someone will come up and immediately ask a cop will come up and immediately yeah. ask for identification. Now. In most states, mm -hmm. cops cannot just come up and ID you when you are have not committed any crime and are not under suspicion of having committed any crime. Yeah. So a lot of what these people will do will be like, I'm not identifying myself. Right. Uh, and then the cops lose their fucking mind. Cops, in some really interesting Cops ways. do tend to. I once was at a uh, check, which shouldn't be legal anyway. Yes. Now I'm becoming constitutionalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was uh, driving in Northern California uh, in a rural area and heading towards Yosemite, and the cops are stopping literally every single car. Yeah, they're just doing a checkpoint, and, and to be clear, that is just some bullshit the cops do yeah. so that they can fish for tickets, expired yeah. registration. They'll say that it's for public safety and to prevent yeah, yeah. diving, but all they're really doing is handing out tickets. And I was night. like, dude, is this necessary? It was yeah. like midnight, and he was, he was huffy for like two minutes. It's like, ah, 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 yeah. if you had anything to drink, oh my God. Just like yeah, yeah. on and on and on, and I was like, dude, can I just... 
Yeah. Am I done? being detained? Are you done? <laughs> and that's how Zach became a constitutionalist. Became, I, I haven't seen your video yet. I'm yeah. excited. I will say, here's the thing. Cops cannot deal with anything. They are such little snowflakes. You oh. say one thing and they just spend five minutes crying about it. Oh, yeah. And, and, this, and you see this over and over again. So a lot of times, cops will then illegally be like, hey, I can see your ID. I'm stopping you. And then they'll say, okay. What is your reasonable right. probable cause yeah. that I am committing or about to commit a crime? And then they'll say, well, you're being suspicious. And they're like, okay, what am I doing that's suspicious? Well, you're out here filming. You know, this is a private facility. We don't know why you're here. And they're like, I'm filming on public ground. Right. I have a legal right to film. What am I doing that is leading you to be suspicious of a crime? And the answer is nothing. And of they course. know that. Of course. But a lot of times these people get detained. Uh, in many cases, uh, I think the guys that do this professionally, they sort of count on getting arrested and getting settlements. And like, Incredible. They're just That's just their shtick. Is it's that just, how we get this podcast paid for? <laughs> Oh, I kind of want to do it. It's not I the worst of the idea. Uh, yeah, fuck a Patreon. Let's let's go out there and get arrested. And, and also in LA, like they uh, they like already. What was that episode of Chapo where they had that woman on where they were talking about like the LA County Sheriff's Department does a hundred million dollars in the last like twenty ish years in settlement. Oh like, yeah, no, that's gonna slice that pie. Yeah, that that was the same lady that wrote about the LA uh, Sheriff's Department gangs, right? Uh, and. They, these constitutionalists, people who suck, will often talk about how you should Google police gangs and stuff. Like, the, they <laughs> somehow, the worst people in the world manage to find the only group that is worse than them and then go after them, which I have to say, I kind of appreciate. Right. So they expect to get detained. Yeah, so they, they, that's what they're doing. They're just standing up for their rights. And again, uh, you know, even that phrasing is a little obnoxious. Of course, but, but, but they are correct that like they are not doing anything illegal. And watching cops lose their mind and then go fishing for crimes to charge them with is incredible. Really something. You'll see a lot of times, uh, like the cop refuses to identify themselves. Uh, this is a huge thing. Oh yeah, this is ma a lot of them are wearing Blue Lives Matter stripes over their identification. Uh, they'll be like, "Oh, I'll give you a business card at the end of this," but they won't identify themselves. Boy, an anonymous shock troop. Uh, they will refuse to answer questions and then be like, well, why? Because a lot of times people will say, I'm not answering any questions. I'm, you know, I'm yeah. completely fed. You know, am I being insane? And they'll be like, right well. Right to remain silent. Yeah. If, if you're not answering questions, I'm not going to answer questions. That's not how that works, dude. You don't have Miranda rights. One of these people is a public servant and the other one is an asshole with a video camera. But hey, we're assholes with microphones, so I can't judge too much. Incredible. Uh, there is a lot of like, hey, why are your hands shaking? That's a big one. Why are your hands shaking? Are you, are, you, are you concerned? Are you worried about something? Is there something I can help you with? I'm just concerned. I want to make sure you're okay. Uh, sort of building up to this like, oh, are you, are you uh, agitated in a way that gives right. me a legal right to do something? Uh, a lot of times they will grab people uh, in Ugh. hopes of provoking an arrestable response. So they'll like grab somebody. When someone says, don't touch me, they'll be like, stop resisting. Uh, so there's a lot of that. Ah, uh, yes. The, the, that calming phrase. And then, Stop resisting. But my favorite, the thing that I really love about this, beyond all the petty tyranny, they'll do a lot of things where they'll ask questions. Yeah. And some of those questions are legally enforceable questions, and some of them mm -hmm. aren't. But they never distinguish between the two. So they'll come up and ask for an ID, and when someone says, you don't have a right to ID me, uh, they'll be like, oh, I'm just asking questions. Like, if they're not going the full asshole, oh, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. Where are you going? Where are you headed to? Do you live around here? Like, all of these fishing expedition questions but then my favorite is that a lot of times we get to the point where the cop needs to get psychological about it they need to explain <laughs> 
why they are concerned, why this is a right. matter of concern for them. And then a lot of times they will refer to the very violence that they enact on society mm, constantly right. as an explanation for why they need to be concerned. They're like, do you know what's going on right now? I've heard that dozens of times you know what's from going the on right redacted now? number of these videos I've watched. Uh, do, you, do you know what's going on in the world right now? You know, we, we, need, we need to be careful. Cops are being uh, targeted. Mm. And this led to an example that was just so beautiful. I'm just going to share this, and yes. then we can move on from my Please, No, 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 we're good. A lady's filming a police station in Georgia. As she's walking away and walking along a public road, she stopped. And she stopped for no reason. And then right. as she's saying, like, why am I being stopped? Why am I being detained? Yeah. They eventually say, well, uh, you weren't walking on the sidewalk. There was not a sidewalk. But there was a sidewalk a couple hundred yards right, back. Right. So they're like, well, you weren't walking on that sidewalk. She's like, well, you didn't see me whether I was walking on that sidewalk or not. I'm walking here. This is public roadway. There's no sidewalk. What are you talking about? Right. And so as they're like uh, attempting to get her to ID herself, she ends up talking to this police officer. And he's like, hey, listen, I'm going to try to help you understand. Do you remember 9-11? <laughs> That's funny. That's some it's like Twitter. So that's some Twitter shit. It's like, so that's good. So funny. That's like full on like like shit posting on Twitter. Bum like, fuck Georgia cop being like, do you remember 9-11? Are you He's like, hey. Are you familiar with the Twin Towers? He's like, listen, we just need to make sure that everything's okay. After 9-11, you know, we have that bridge down the way. And there were all these suspicious people hanging out by the bridge. And, you know, we were we got worried that someone was going to blow up that bridge, you know, an act of terrorism. So, of course, <laughs> we had to go down and ask these people what were they were doing. And then in the course of, like, giving this speech about why what they're doing is good and lawful this is insane uh he admits he's like yeah and you know people were just fishing or like taking photos or whatever but it was important that we went and checked it out mm -hmm. by his own admission no one was ever doing anything bad by the bridge the idea that the terrorists <laughs> that took down 9-11 george w bush yeah uh, <laughs> say he's really worried blow up some random bridge in rural georgia that that's the next step it's like okay one two we've got the whole list of terrorism <laughs> we're going to take down the twin towers and then your bridge in georgia i wonder what cia station was at the base of that georgia bridge <laughs> yeah, exactly. now i want to know now i want to know uh but just absolutely demented shit as yes. a justification for illegally detaining somebody who was just walking down the street it reminds me of the facebook meme when like every Ilan, every time Elon omar ends in the news and they're like you promise never to forget. And it's a picture of the Twin Towers falling. <laughs> I, at this point, every time someone brings up the Twin Towers, I just smile. It's just funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, no, I mean, the way that that bad thing that happened has been used to justify a comical level of evil. It's just, you, you, how can you not laugh at this yeah, point? Yeah, it's so uh, good. The moral of the story being, she ends that by being like, your paranoia is not my concern. Yeah, uh, don't, your paranoia is not my problem, bro. Bro. Uh, <laughs> that's so good but it is the the way that cops cannot handle being told no and then yeah. seek to escalate yeah, every yeah, interaction yeah. to the point where they can do something they're like uh, a spouse or a partner in a fight that's, yeah, that's no, like trying to get you to call them absolutely a, a bad are names. A, an abusive <laughs> partner that is trying to bait you into saying something that they can then be very angry at you for and again sometimes these do escalate into uh, arrests and result in settlements oh sure and that Philip Turner guy uh, is actually responsible for this lawsuit, Turner versus uh, I forget who, but uh, but that is the appellate court decision that upheld the right of people to film police while they're doing things. Right, and so like this 
terrible person yes. uh, doing a very silly thing somehow managed to help make sure that we can all film cops. I mean, uh, it's, it's like the one thing that kind of, those kind of idiots, they don't even get everything right about the Constitution. No, but they do, not but, even But, close. like, it's something that, like, leftists talk about and something I tend to agree with, that, like, some of the things that the Constitution does get right are things like speech and some of those sorts of, like, laws about, like, filming yeah. and sort of, like, just in general trying to protect in theory, the populace that, uh, from this kind of treatment, uh, it doesn't work. From the idea that, like, suspicion is right. enough to detain or ID somebody. Right. It, even though there is no articulable crime, they are not doing anything. Right. They are well within their legal rights to be where they are doing what they're doing. But because they're in that spot, a lot of times we, these questions are like, oh, do you live around here? It's like, well, why would that fucking matter? Yeah, why do you care where I live? How yeah. is that? How is that relevant to this conversation? Right. Am I doing something wrong? Right. And, and uh, that's... If all constitutionalists every day just did this, I'd be fine. It would it would certainly be an improvement off the other things they get up to. But the moral of the story being, cops have no idea what the laws are and get really upset when you ask them about it. And it's really impressive how many of these cops not only are fishing for crimes and right. doing all this shady shit, but genuinely believe they are in the right. They there there is no question yeah. in these people's minds that what they are doing is not only legal but good, and that's honestly more terrifying. More terrifying to me yeah. than the shady cops that know that they're like the Vic Mackeys. Yeah, the people that absolutely understand that what they're doing is harassment, right? Uh, and are just trying to get something out of it so they can go on their power trip. Are the people that genuinely believe that this constitutes public good and doing something mm. that is helping yeah. people uh, it's while like they the are? Issue is systemic. They will literally be detaining somebody for no reason harassing them, asking them questions they have no right to ask, and then be like, hey, we're the good guys. You know what's amazing about that is it's completely disproves. It completely disproves the watery, lib, and conservative argument that's just a few bad apples. These people don't even know they're doing something bad yeah. because the issue's fucking systemic. Defund the fucking police. Give God that, damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. There, was a, there was a thing today about NYPD beekeepers. The, N, the police department... Has its own bee They are keepers. 100% shooting bees. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is no other way to interpret that. They are using up. bees for target practice. They're just like, they get a call about a hive on a residential street, and they're just like, all right, load up the gas can canisters. Those, those bees are half black. Hey we, those, only, hey, we only shot those bees with rubber bullets. Those bees are half black and half Asian. It's like, <laughs> whoa, you can't say that, cop. That's racist. <laughs> can't believe you would say that. You're uh, not allowed to do that. Uh, be racist, racist, racist. It's, it's all there. Uh, uh, but I'm not the only one that has an internet briefly, Okay, sure, yeah. Have you commented on a video yet? I absolutely have not, and I will not engage with these people directly. I, I, I do not want to cross that line. Have you subscribed to anyone's channel? We're going to move on. <laughs> Am I legally obligated to answer that question? <laughs> Am I being detained? <laughs> all right, but... You are correct. You're not the only one with a crime to confess this. Yes, week. please hit me with it. So you know how we got on you for mixing it up in Facebook with Libs. Yes, my previous internet confession of arguing with Libs on the internet constantly. Now I I have kind of gotten tired. I I have some like Libs in my life occasionally who are like, let's talk politics, let's do it, and they're like boomers, and it's like, look, your 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 Facebook profile picture is a drawing of Kamala Harris's head. Yeah. With MLK looming in the background like uh like Obi-Wan after he died, you know, like sort of force ghost MLK. I can't talk to you. There's no conversation to have. There's nothing to MLK be had here. would fucking hate Kamala. Yeah. He he would say some things I'm not allowed to say about Kamala, <laughs> but he could. 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, I was trying to think the other day. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what Malcolm X would have to say about Kamala Harris, given what he already said about MLK? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That, sir, was explicit. It's too bad they'll never meet each other because one of them's in heaven. One of them is definitely not going to heaven. (laughs) I will let you take a guess as to whom I'm speaking there. But. I, on the other this hand... Is, this is actually the story of how Zach has a, uh, a Q-style Kennedy is still alive conspiracy <laughs> theory, but for Malcolm X. That would be... The world would be... Here's the reason why I know Malcolm's not alive. The world would be a better place. Yeah, no, they would be a more just and beautiful world. That's the way I know he's actually dead. It's, it's really tragic. Yeah, he... Anyway, uh, I decided, though, to do something arguably stupider. <laughs> I, uh, you know, one of our delightful mutual friends who we refer to a fair amount, uh, I was, he has a fair amount of conservative and libertarian people commenting on his Facebook and he is a fellow leftist, Mm. but he lives more in these sorts of conservative spaces. Sure. And he was talking about, uh, imprisonment that we don't even have to get all the way into it. Sure. There was some racist ass shit on his comments. Mm-hmm. People were being like, all this violent crime, talk, referring to, you know, almost like what we were talking about last week. Yeah. Like, what if we got rid of Detroit? What if we got rid of LA? What if we got rid of Chicago? And I immediately lose my fucking mind of because course, I fucking love big cities. But beyond that, like, fuck off, you racist asshole. These people are talking about like gangs no, I and mean, big cities. If you're it's talking like, about getting hmm, rid of like, hmm. uh, you know, highly urbanized areas, you're talking about getting rid of half of America. Yeah, and people of color. Yeah, and and which half? Hmm, mm, interesting. Yeah. Uh, gangs. What do you think gangs is code for? Yeah. And so I. Like a complete fucking idiot. Like an ableist, the ableist slur that I am. I love that I was simping for libertarians this week and you were getting into Facebook. (laughs) Argument. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what gang could be code for. Hmm, That's crazy. Uh, And he's like, if if you want to say something to me, you should say it. And I was like, you're a racist. Hope that helps. So I wake up the next day. I do this like... Most of these people on the East Coast, so I do this middle of the night, third time. I wake up to a flurry of comments. Yeah. And I immediately delete the notification and don't read them yeah. <laughs> and move on. And that is what I have to confess to. <laughs> Being awesome on the internet? <laughs> yeah. Winning a cool argument. Yeah. No, I mean, I j- that's the way to do it. Complete- yeah. It's Call it what it is and walk away. Don't you? You're not going to convince. I'm not doing this in good faith. Yeah, fuck you. You haven't earned good you're faith. You're being a racist. What the fuck? Have you met me? I'm a podcaster. I have never acted in good faith. Here's the thing. I am correct, and I'm still being an asshole about it, but you're neither, so fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might be an yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. You're only being an asshole. Oh, man. And thus concludes the Shitty Christians Accountability Group of problematic are, faves and Facebook Are, are you going to change? No. Yeah, I don't plan to either. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm very happy with my life choices. <laughs> what uh, what else are we talking about this week? Yeah, so we've got some slightly more serious stuff to get into. I, I am really excited to talk about a uh, Bible study insurrectionist group. Uh, That's so And fun. some recent charges filed that involve uh, spooks infiltrating your Bible study and Molotov cocktails from 50 empty wine bottles mm. and all sorts of fun stuff. But before we get that there, we should take a moment to talk about uh, the very cool and good thing of churches burning across Canada in response to the discovery of uh, 
well over a thousand yeah, uh, so far. graves of children, and that number will continue to climb. Uh, we'll never significantly. know the full number. We'll never know that full number. Not unlike the rest huge. of imperialist, imperialist, uh, imperialism's crimes, the the body count will never be fully understood. Um, it would be impossible. There's too many. The body. It's so funny that we always are like, communism killed seventy billion people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, capitalism actually may have killed that many people. Uh, communism killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> Joseph Stalin is going back, just mowing down brontosaurus. Oh, I would watch the evangelical film about Joseph Stalin, time traveler, to kill the dinosaurs. But they don't really believe in dinosaurs, so we may have to delete this part so we can make this Ooh. film. Rising Griff, baby. <laughs> Okay, so, so th- this is definitely one of those topics where being like the larger side of a baby podcast puts us in kind of a weird spot. Because mm-hmm. in an ideal world, we ha- would have people with actual meaningful thought and experience yes. with these issues here to talk to us right. about them. Uh, but we're also just a very tiny podcast, and sometimes we don't have the opportunity to get those experts. So you get two white assholes' opinions it's, on this matter. It's probably fine. It's definitely fine. <laughs> but I will say, I think I think there are thing- two things that are happening here. One... As these graves are being uncovered, yes. I, I think it's important. There's a couple things that are important to talk about. One is that this is just beginning. Uh, yes. And and that, like, as this research is done, as these investigations are made, as this spreads to America, which mm. had three times the number of, of these boarding schools that yep. Canada did, uh, this was this is not, like news to the indigenous communities Certainly that these, these schools were in this is not this is not new a lot of these uh these schools were operating into the 90s like like this is this yeah is stuff that went on for a long time and if you've ever read anything from indigenous folks like it's, it's the middle of the 20th century like they talk about this a lot oh yeah no like, this people is... you people who's you who are old enough to be alive absolutely oh absolutely like in just middle age you yeah. know like, like they they've had experiences with this and they have been saying this for a long time like yes. the, the only yes. thing that has changed is that we now have the technology to see yeah. what was already known and because it is now mm, being seen right. because it is now being uncovered because it is now incontrovertible uh mm-hmm. we now have a situation where there is some accounting uh of like what has actually occurred and i i think it's an interesting and horrifying time in that we are so early in the process of unveiling the horror this is this is going to be a process of years uh and it is going to be a process where the number of of uh indigenous lives lost to this process is going to keep climbing um and uh and i am curious what that means for all of these churches yeah. that participated in it, because it's a lot more than just the Catholic Church. Obviously, the of Catholic course. Church is hugely responsible for this, going back yep. to uh, papal edicts in the 1490s that set like the whole idea of the doctrine of discovery, which was later enshrined by the Supreme Court and directly uh, led to the legality of a lot of these horrific crimes that were committed. Uh-huh. Like that began with the fucking Pope. Like, that began with the Pope being like, anything we find is ours. Indigenous people do not have rights in this situation. And what began as a papal edict and obviously was policy and what was happening regardless, eventually became law and legalized. And a lot of these schools came much later uh, under that legal auspice. Can you imagine being like, I think systemic things are a problem. Like, you're Elizabeth Brunig pretending to be a leftist. You're like, systemic things are a problem. But the Catholic Church... 
it's fine and good. Yeah, and it, it, you know, to speak to the Catholic response is to say there hasn't been one. Yeah, you mean you mean the overwhelming silence that they usually get? Yeah, the the Pope being like, it's bad that this thing that we may or may not have had anything to do with happened. I guess. I I just it it I can't it should not be controversial that we should not have a Catholic church. <laughs> I I mean and let's be clear we don't think we should have most churches. Yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we're not we have called for the abolishment of a lot of Protestant denominations yeah, yeah, on this yeah. podcast as well. Catholic and SBC. Let's just start there. Yeah, that would be a great start. But uh, I the the amount of horror cannot be contained. So continue. And can't be can't be overstated. No, like, you you literally can't. Like pretty much the United States North. There's two things that are true at once. Native people still are around. They still exist to a very, very diminished extent. Like, about 1% of the population in the United States. And they're a little, a little bit more in Canada. So two things are true at once in that, like, they are still around, and we want to avoid pretending like indigenous folks are purely gone. That's important. Yes. But there is a second thing in that we basically did get rid of them all. Right? Like, two things are true at once there, yeah. and I think that tension's important. Like, basically, the United States and Canada, we killed virtually everyone oh yeah like the, a continent of people just the the uh rampant genocide yeah uh that was created as cultural genocide i mean the oh, the, the edict of this was quite literally kill the indian save the man like yeah. that was the terminology mm -hmm. they used to this. Yeah. so it began as a cultural culturally genocidal project that of course became literal genocide uh because that is how these things work well, you can't ever impend the two you know what i mean yeah. like you can't ever you can't actually do a you can't stamp out a culture without killing people. Yeah. And the, that act in and of itself is violence. Of course. And but it, so of course it is followed by greater and further violence. It's the only way to enforce it. Yeah. Uh, and and make no mistake, these were uh, enforced boarding camps. Like a lot of times uh, the way that they would uh, you know even later on it would be like, "Oh, do you want food? If you accept this government assistance food, you have to be willing to send your child to these schools." <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah, not unlike the way capitalism is coercive at every stage, because at some point, if you aren't playing the game, guess what? You don't have a home or food. Yeah, you die. Uh, yeah. Which is violence. Abs insanely violent. Uh, that was very explicitly laid out for indigenous uh, yeah. cultures well, I all wonder across. why they didn't have food to begin with. Do you think they didn't have food before whites came? It was That's probably because so they didn't know how to plant corn that well. Yeah, do you remember when Indians and America oh. and Canada were just wandering around starving to death before the white like man came? If there were some buffalo here, we'd be okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Since there were never any buffalo in this country, we're kind of in a bad Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were never buffalo, never forest. Uh, I don't have much more to say beyond uh, the horrors of this are really heart-wrenching. And this yeah. is where we deal yeah. with a lot of heart-wrenching subject matter. Uh, topics of abuse, sexual assault, cover-up of these things by uh, religious institutions. This is, this is our bread and butter. We talk about this stuff week in and week out. And even by the scale of the violence that we talk about week in and week out on this podcast, this is just... A truly, truly staggering thing, and the the implications of this not just for the religious community, of course, which always sat at the right hand of imperialism, always, but for the governments that founded these mm -hmm. schools that provided money for them, like all of these things are in there, and so I burn with rage against the Catholic yeah. Church for its hand in this, but don't let your rage stop there. Let it extend to the nations yeah. that uh, that funded, created, and legalized these institutions. Let it extend to all of the other religious denominations that participated in this. Let it extend to the way that treatment played out across the entire history of mistreatment of indigenous cultures 
uh, in a thousand ways. That goes on to this day. That continues to they this are, day. The, the indigenous population is roughly analogous to Jewish folks, right? Like, like, and you never see indigenous people in society. Yeah, it, it, I mean, literally reservations. Right, like, yeah, it's in the name. <laughs> like, the crime is happening today. To this current moment. And uh, I'm not saying we should get rid of reservations. It's great that they have some kind of property, but like, Oh my God, you took people that had the entire continent and put them on a little patch of land in the middle of Nevada near a nuclear waste facility. What the fuck, bro? Yeah, exactly. And the, the amount of the way those have been chipped away, the way rights have been stolen repeatedly over and over across history, like from setting up these things and then slowly just pressurizing them. Well, yeah. And that violence has never stopped. It's never no. continued. This is not an old sin. You're going to hear a lot of churches trying to tell you that this is a horrible thing that happened in the past. But the truth is that the violence that happened there is the same violence that is happening now, just through different avenues. Just That's in, well some, said. in some cases more subtly, in some cases not really. Yeah. Um, Can I? I think there's a point here I want to make sure. before I sort of hit my sort of like last thing. Um, it's a, I think it's important to say like this is kind of what like I think there's something I kind of want to say here that I think like not only do libertarians but even a lot of leftists who aren't like spend is thinking obsessively about this all the time don't think and that carries through to this day and isn't just the church though it is the church and it builds in other private entities that like this is what we mean in part when we talk about things like the deep state yeah but beyond that like what we talk about when we talk about the state we don't literally just talk about joe biden we don't literally just talk about the apparatus of like cops which we talked about last week the state is sort of this entire conglomeration of its power extending through private entities as well, mm -hmm. right? Like, it is the state telling the church, you can just do whatever you want with with the, with the indigenous children. Yeah. There are, like, that is actually an apparatus of state power because what they are essentially doing is delegating what would have been their, what was within their rights to do. Not even rights, excuse me, what was in their authority to do. They are giving that to the church. So this is just a state crime but we can't separate the church and the state here, yeah, right? And that is true today with things like Amazon, with things like Tesla, with things like Walmart. Or with things like the church. I mean, look at all these Supreme Court rulings. Yes. That, like the religious freedom movement has fully taken over our right. court system. And we are just beginning, I think, to see the horrors that are going to come out in terms of like the state uh, granting the church special yeah. powers. And that these things have never been pulled apart from each other. They are not separate now. And mm. to view them as separate is to play a soccer's game, right? Very true. Because they are not different. They are enacting the same kind of violence and the same kind of power. So somebody in our discord asks, like, well, how do we begin the process of like unfurling Christ uh, Christianity's uh, historical and current place at the right hand of imperialist horror? Sure. And uh, I don't know that I have all the answers to that, but I think burning down some we churches. We definitely don't, but that's okay. <laughs> I think burning down some churches is not the worst start. And uh, I think yeah. to, to every Catholic bishop that's saying like, oh, this is horrible. Oh, the, you know, this is this is not the way to do this, guys. Uh, eat every dick. First of all, you're child killers. I'm actually really impressed at the restraint. Oh, yeah. Because they're not killing anybody. Yeah, there's no, no bodies in the churches. That, se that seems like a very restrained response because to thousands of dead children. I've been so upset about this, like, weirdly. It's been in my mind a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I can't think of anything more viscerally horrifying. Like, it's like, it's like a fucking 
it is it is i, I hate to be hyper real about it, but it's like a horror movie right like it's almost doesn't seem like it should be real like there were just like these schools where children poor children powerless children were sent and they just killed so many thousands of them they had mass graves where they would just throw their bodies and i'm not trying to be macabre it's actually important to look at yeah, this it's so important they to realize state what the they horror. did yeah. they like took in thousands and thousands of children and beat them and tortured them and killed them in droves because they could yeah because and and they did it ostensibly to save that person that's all of that so incredible and all of that crime and all you know from from the cultural uh, genocide of it to the literally murdering children all of that was done in the name of salvation i can't and i just i can't get over it. this has been a saw of ours in this pod forever but like Children are fuel for imperialists and capitalists. They just are. They just are. They they are all the way down. And and this is a very literal manifestation of it. Kind of like last week that everything we talked about was extremely clear. Mm-hmm. This is just like this is a synecdoche for everything in the new world. Yeah. And it is perfect in that way. And it is horrifying. And if they burned down every single church in Canada, it would still not be justice. Oh no, no, no. Justice will require far more. And so, like, you know, uh, go with God. <laughs> it's like however you want to respond. To that end, <laughs> <laughs> let's transition to a man who believed he was going with God. That always is good. <laughs> that always goes well when an American man is like, I've got the hand of God. So on Friday, uh, we're going to be talking. On Friday, Michael thought he had the power of God. Uh, on Friday. <laughs> Uh, Fee Wong, I, I wasn't able to find the pronunciation of his first name. I was able to find his last name. So apologies if I got his first name wrong. Um, 27-year-old from Virginia, mm-hmm. appeared in court uh, due to his role in the January 6th insurrection, riot, takedown of America, attempted coup, whatever you want to call it. MSNBC. And we have really <laughs> pivoted hard away from yes. covering any of this because it is very obnoxious to me uh, how libs want to say that this is the worst thing that has happened in America ever when America has been doing far more horrific shit constantly. Not justifying this, not a cool or good thing to do, but maybe cool or good if some cooler people did it for better reasons. That's that's the thing, right? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> no, uh, we're not going to rush a gate the January 6th conspiracy. We don't care that not. much. But this gentleman uh, stuck out to me because he was in the news because he was using a Bible study uh, to okay. plan his insurrection. My, my ears are uh, pricking up, wondering how I can get involved. And we did a whole episode about how this was a religious revolt. Of that, course. You know, you cannot, it, just as you cannot extricate the church from the right hand of, of imperialism, you also cannot extricate it from what happened on January 6th because all of those people were there with fucking God and country shit. Christian flags flying all over that thing. Like, uh, All this has happened before. As terrible as those people were, they are the evangelical church. Like, that's who these people are. It was really awkward seeing my cousin there. (laughs) (laughs) And your other cousin. And your other other cousin. (laughs) Uh, But then you got in a nice argument about it on Facebook. It's fine. So, what's interesting about this guy, he's a Vietnamese man. Uh, He, according to him, has fled communism twice. Not he himself, but his family. From both China and Vietnam. It is wild that he's Vietnamese. I'm sorry. It is is very interesting to see what we associate with uh, white nationalism uh, being sort of... Uh, filtered through this man's experience. Again, as, not to blame uh, immigrants, but uh, assimilation is a hell of a drug. It, it can really take you places. There's some real Miami-Dade energy with yes, this, for yes. sure. Uh, because this man believed that Virginia needed to succeed from the Union, and he had... <laughs> 
Robert, you. I really want him to meet Robert E. Lee. <laughs> I want the two of them to hang the fuck they out. They will, in hell. <laughs> um, and so to that end, he had assembled a you know stockpile of weapons. Yeah. My favorite thing, he was working on Molotov, Molotov cocktails. Uh, he didn't want to buy the fuel for it because at that point it becomes it's like a different charge right uh, like having the explosives but he had collected 50 empty wine bottles which is a very funny idea of this man just <laughs> drinking his wine as he slowly plots his insurrection at Bible study I'm doing this for America uh, <laughs> all you motherfuckers know and so he, I don't know why he sounds like Steven Seagal but he does he was there on January 6th uh, he told an undercover federal agent We'll get to that part soon. Uh, that he that was the entire Bible study. Yeah, you know, it, was. it was this one man, this one Vietnamese man, and 30 FB, beefy FBI guys in FBI jackets. He's not too bright. He didn't read the jackets. <laughs> so he said he climbed a building wall. This is my favorite. Delivered a letter to lawmakers. Okay, I you got to admit, that's a lost art, right? The like, <laughs> the, like, Timothy McVeigh Unabomber style. Like, I am sending a letter to my mm-hmm. congressman. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's good. Uh, and filmed others opening a door with a crowbar. He also wore all black to try to impersonate Antifa. <laughs> you love to see it, folks. Uh, and described himself as an operator. Okay. That is... that. I don't want to step on other leftist podcasts, but the word operator in any context, always good all, money. Always so good. I, all I'm saying is that anyone that has ever gotten into like tactical gear, yes. if you've played Call yes. of Duty too much, you are this guy. Every single motherfucker yeah. that likes tactical stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go fuck yourself. All your operator assholes. Um, what? Yeah. And, and he doesn't realize he doesn't want to be an actual operator. Those dudes are all sad, like, killed themselves constantly. Constantly. They're either killing other people or themselves. So someone's getting killed. Uh, okay. He also apparently shouted, we're coming for you, Nancy. I know he means Nancy Pelosi. I like to think he's being a tiny bit homophobic. He's just talking to, like, <laughs> libs in general. Coming for you, Nancy's. <laughs> Wow, that was an old school yeah. uh, homophobia there. That, yeah, wow. where, where, where did you even find that one? Good for you, I guess. Virginia, Virginia just hits different. <laughs> okay, so this guy clearly had some issues. He was working on his manifesto. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not normal. He's not yeah. having a normal one. He's clearly not okay. You know, yeah. he, he was researching how far away he could shoot government officials if his house got raided. I feel like if you're doing, you're, if you're writing a manifesto, you need help more than anything. Yeah. Uh, but what was interesting about this is before January 6th, his Bible study had already been infiltrated by a number of undercover FBI agents. There's more. There is a rate. I wonder what the ratio is. You know how there's like in a class when you go to college mm-hmm. uh, of student to teacher. I wonder what the ratio of terrorist to FBI agents is. It's got to oh, be like no. 10 to 1. I mean, we've or, talked me, about of FBI in, agents to terrorists in, is 10 to 1. Oh, 100%. And, you know, it, it, it's something that the left talks about a lot. Though sometimes those overlap. Infiltration. But, like, we know. This, yeah. is, this is what intelligence communities do. And they always are trying to bait people into terrorism. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we, I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but this like pizza delivery guy yeah. who was yeah. very depressed. And they're literally like impersonating women to get yeah. into relationships with him, to try to convince him to blow himself up. Like, yeah. Was, Before you even get into the Boston Bomber guys who were known informants. Yeah, like, like let me just say, F- 
this is clearly a person who did not have good intentions. In yeah, his heart. I, I'm Absolutely. not saying they're good people. But fuck every lib that ran to the FBI yeah. in the wake of January 6th. He said, you know who will save us? The intelligence community. If we just give them more power <laughs> to entrap people yeah. into crimes they had no desire to commit, then, then we will be truly free. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with the idiots who, like, allegedly were going after Gretchen Whitmer. Mm -hmm. It's just like, man... Let me tell you who's doing 90-plus percent of the terrorism in this country, or at least fomenting it. It's the fucking intelligence community. Not a joke. Not no, parody. that's not hyperbole. That's not a joke. I, I would go to court over that one. That part might be a joke. Please the, don't The me. amount of, like, <laughs> millions of dollars in government resources being spent yeah. to try to, like, make this 27-year-old asshole do some shit. Or to make that depressed pizza driver right. kill himself. Kill himself. Millions of dollars of federal money, not to care for this person, not to yeah. provide services, not to get him in contact with somebody that could help him, yeah. but to try to get him to violently kill himself and others so that they could have a win of stopping terrorism. Truly horrifying. Anyways, uh, he was surveilling the Capitol building. He claimed to have connections to the Three Percenter movement, which is which another like separatist. You know, he definitely does not. Yeah, yeah. He I'm going to tell you right now, this Vietnamese dude, a hundred percent, does not have connections to the Three Percenter movement. Yeah, I was going to say for a couple of different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, and then he had some kind of interesting thoughts about. It. He's like, yeah, you know, if I get arrested, that's a good thing because breaking people out of prison is how every great revolution starts. Like this man wanted to empty the prisons. Not saying it's okay what Wait, he did. Not he's justifying. Accidentally woke. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Wait, come did, on, he, man. did he wander into being? He was a woke prison abolitionist. <laughs> it's so weird when that happens sometimes. Yeah, he he clearly thought he was heading for like another like second Waco type thing. Yeah. Uh, but what Oof. all of which is to say is like one of the things that and this is speculation. Need, we need to say up front we are speculating. But it is interesting to me that this was all run through and began with a Bible study. Yeah. That all everything he was doing, you know, and I think a lot of the national news media is trying to say, like, oh, it was the guise of a Bible study. But actually, there was no Bible study going on. And we don't know. We don't know. But what we do know is that there is every chance, because a lot of these other people did this, that this was an actual Bible study, mm -hmm. wherein these things were, in fact, connected. Because Christian nationalism yep. has, has a long and proud history, as we saw very clearly on that day. There's no reason that you would have to use a Bible study as cover. A lot of these Bible studies are doing that work. Yeah. Um, like, we, we joked about it, but I honestly, truly think we could make a million dollars doing, like, uh, your Bible in Q. A Q Bible oh, study yeah. would make a million dollars. No question. No question. Uh, and I, I, I think the other thing that got me about this is like, okay, so they had infiltrated this guy beforehand. Yes. Uh, they knew everything that was going to happen. They, mm -hmm. they knew his plans. They knew – and like, to be clear, we're going to find more of these situations. Of course. People that were involved in this thing were already communicating with undercover FBI informants. And yet they none of that – They were all undercover FBI. Yeah, yeah. And yet none of that – made any difference on the actual day in terms of like any sort of actual preparation or anything. So what you have is like these FBI guys going undercover, gathering their info, doing their thing, uh, you know, trying to get him. They repeatedly asked him to get the fuel to do explosive yeah. tests on the Molotovs and he Better kept, charges. He kept pushing it off. Yeah. And so in the end he wasn't charged with uh with planning violence. He was charged right. with other things because he did not choose violence repeatedly. And again, this guy's a fucking asshole. This is not. This is not. Michael yeah, defends no, the separatists. I'm not going to be friends with this bag. guy until we liberate the prisons. Yeah, until we're in the prison with him, and we all have to bust out of there. Uh, but it really speaks to how 
all of this work, all of this energy that our intelligence community is doing, yeah. surveilling its own citizens, doesn't actually protect anyone. Well, because it's not designed to. They, no. they have no way. It's not in their best interest to protect. It's not in their best interest to honestly stop violence. Yeah. Because if you stop violence, then they're like, what do we need you for? But I still think it's, yeah. I, I think there's no other conclusion that can be drawn that's not insanely conspiratorial. And I already love a conspiratorial angle. Yeah. And, and January 6th is weird. But, like, I think the only thing to make from that is, like, really, like, they let, like, to a certain extent, this is allowed to happen mm -hmm. because it's in the best interests of the people that run this shit to it for it to happen. Yeah. And I, I think like all things, this is overdetermined. I think, of I course. think, you know, there are things about like, uh, police officers believing that, Hey, you know, these, these white people doing mm. this thing, that's not going to be a problem. That's not going to be a threat. Like there right. are a lot of things that go into that. Of but course. absolutely. I agree. Biden got what he wanted out of this thing. He got, he got of the course. chance to expand powers. He got the chance to, uh, do a second Patriot act. And like, yeah, the shit that is going to come down from this will be used to harm people that are engaged in real and legitimate protests against the horrors of, of course, government, of course, which was always the plan. Yeah. And, and I think my sort of final thought is just like, if it was really a danger, it never would have happened. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that like democracy was in peril and that like, anything actually interesting could have happened out of it it was some bullshit that happened yeah from some fucking assholes and now like you said you get patriot act too that's that's all that that's all that matters but there are more fbi agents than there were rioters so i'm fucking sorry i don't believe this was an actual threat to fucking anything yeah 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 there was no plan here uh yeah it was evidenced by how many of these people got in they were like whoa i'm live streaming baby and did you see joe biden the other day i actually think this is important like when he was talking about uh gun control which we're not getting into but was like uh you know you're gonna you know you're gonna need like things bigger than like f-16s and stuff and it's like yeah, you didn't see Whoa, this. He was like, yeah, that. you're going to need like F-16s and nuclear weapons. And it's just like, yeah, which I actually think is one of the best arguments for gun control anyway. Like you're not going to actually over take over the government. But I think it's also says that like January 6th doesn't fucking matter because if it had fucking mattered, you would have had 16 or, you know, 20 dudes with F-16s raining fire down on people. Right. Yeah. Like you could have killed every one of those motherfuckers with a couple dozen planes. And so like, I mean, Biden literally basically said as much. Yeah. So then like, stop pretending Stop pretending like January 6th was this crazy thing. It's one or the other, dude. You gotta pick one. But he doesn't, because people are dumb. <laughs> Except for you, dear listener, you're very smart. You pick this podcast. <laughs> the, the one good person. Let me flatter you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's like kind of one thing I want to talk about before we wrap up that is far more important than Joe Biden threatening the American poli polity with nuclear weapons. And Michael, that is some plagiarism. <laughs> Are you referring, sir, to Sermongate? Oh, what else could I be referring to other than Sermongate? <laughs> All of our listeners know I'm talking about Sermongate. <laughs> okay, all right. So <laughs> I have nothing serious to say on this topic. No. It is purely bullshit. But just just, uh, just this a is little some, like, update. This is some, like, the, like, the last SNL sketch at the end of the episode. Exactly, yeah. We're running short, so we had to throw in the B-Squad on yeah. this. Yeah. Ed Litton, new president of the Southern Baptist Convention, as it turns out, borrowed some sermon material for some of his sermons, uh, specifically <laughs> from J.D. Greer's sermons. Uh, and this has led to what I think is the funniest attempt to call an SBC president to resign, not for covering up sexual abuse, not right. for failing to take survivors seriously, mm. not for any of the issues that actually matter, yeah. not for being a fucking complimentarian piece of shit, but simply because he used another guy's words in his sermon. 
leading all of the same assholes we talked about on our big <laughs> SPC episode. We're talking like the, the Ted Askels and mm-hmm. all of these other the founders ministry, this conservative uprising in the already hyper-conservative denomination to call for Ed Litton's resignation because he didn't write his sermons himself. And I'm sorry. It is only funny to me oh, that Ed so Litton uh, did not bother to write his own sermon. First of all, it does make him a funny parallel to Joe Biden. Yes. Asshole who got busted for Non-stop the plagiarizer yeah. of other people's content. Uh, Biden's innovation, though, was just moving on to making up his own stories instead of stealing other people's. Yeah, just lying. Yeah, it's fine. Just lying. Uh but anyways, Ed Litton, the, the, the only part of this that is, like, kind of hilarious is, like, a pastors borrow from each other sure, all the time. Sure, Who gives a shit? Uh, he stole some personal anecdotes that okay. were not his. This is the part I want to talk yeah. about. And it's so good. You are so boring. How are boring? Such a bo- how boring are you? <laughs> you so don't have a personal anecdote? I can't come up with my own shitty anecdote for my bad sermon. Wait, has nothing ever happened to you? Just, is, is Ed Lydon in a... Uh, was he invented in a lab? Like, I just... I have sat through so many sermons from these assholes. And let me oh, tell yes. you, the bar Thousands. for per- personal anecdote is so low. Oh, the personal it's anecdote so bar low. is non-existent. It's, my kid said anything. I was in a grocery <laughs> store. Or I talked to, uh, it used to be somebody on a plane, but now it's like Uber drivers. Yeah. Like yeah. I had a conversation with somebody. Like you have to encounter nothing oh, in your life for the pastoral personal My anecdote. favorite personal anecdote is this thing is popular in media. No, yes. the thing was popular six years ago. Yes. It's not that popular. Now let me tell you about how our, this is our culture in decline. God wants to give you the final rose. So I don't know if you've heard <laughs> solid. If you've heard this song by Katy Perry, I kissed a girl and I liked it. <laughs> but this is enough further proof of like <laughs> But I think that's the, the irony of this is the most interesting thing about him is he doesn't have a personal anecdote. Now I want to know more. I want yeah, I want to know what darkness leads him to not be able to make one <laughs> corny joke. That's all you need. The only thing a per- pastoral anecdote yes. needs is one corny joke for people to chortle at. Yeah. Like, no laughter allowed, just chortling. Uh, <laughs> and he still failed that bar. So I think he should resign from doing anything because clearly this man was made in a lab. He's a government op. Like. I know I said he was Joe Biden, though I think he is that. He's the fusion actually with this of Joe Biden and Kamala, who doesn't really have personal anecdotes either. Unless she's, she's making them up. She's lying about listening to Tupac, though you were too old, lady, in college. <laughs> and it leads me to wonder, this person who ostensibly has an interesting life, like, who are you? What fucking weird op shit is going on? Yeah. And you and Ed Lydon, are you people? Were you grown in a lab? Like, why do you, how do you exist? And this has become, yeah, a very good question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> decades of white inbreeding. Anyways. Yeah. Um, in Ed Lydon's case. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, this became a big enough deal that it got a New York Times article about this. And I will say, oh wow, New York Times article, really nothing to get into, except for they did point out at the end that mm-hmm. like the question of how sermons are crafted, there are now services that will sort of help you prepare sermons or prepare them for you. Like these are all like vaguely interesting things to get into. Yeah. But the one thing they brought up that I thought was worthy of discussion is that they were talking about how like, hey, you know what else happens in sermon prep? Women write sermons. Oh, in denominations where women are not allowed to preach those sermons. That is definitely 
some over the clothes frottage if we're going to use the sex yeah, analogy. And so you they, were really close. They interviewed like a lady who was just asked casually by a pastor to prepare an outline for his sermon for a week, uh-huh. knowing full well that she would not be allowed to give that sermon. And if she did, not only would she be censured, but the church would potentially be disfellowshipped. Uh, and yet, and yet, we're happy to exploit the labor of other people for that. Uh, we're just not allowed. We're just not um, willing to say that God would let them do that. Man, pastors aren't even writing their own raps anymore. It's just fucked <laughs> up. This is like Drake. This is Drake all over again. It does kind of feel like that it at this point, like especially that. with the megachurch guys. Yeah. They all have teams. At best, it's their own personal team of, in heavy quotation marks here, researchers. <laughs> meaning they wrote the whole fucking thing for you and you didn't think about it for one fucking second. And at worst, they are like using services and just sort of, mm. oh, what did Piper say about this? Here we go. And just parroting that nonsense. Wait. Yeah, it's just like... It's just funny. It's just it's, it's just very funny. funny. It's, just, it's, it's just lame. the silliest the silliest attempt to take somebody out of power. And they're specifically doing this now because he is about to appoint uh, a bunch of people to various roles and they want to get him out of there before he has the power to do so. Uh, but nothing is going to happen here. I mean, there there is nothing to see here except that Ed Litton is the most boring human being alive. That and I look forward to wild. seeing all the other ways in which he is uh, not unlike uh, our one of our earliest shitty Christians faves, um, Bruce Ashford, uh, a sentient pile of mashed potatoes. These people, these it is wild how like, we talked about this last night when we had a friend over, they were just khaki motherfuckers all the way down. Khakis There's all the way down. Pairs of khakis. Khakis, tighter khakis, yoga pants printed to look like khakis. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's uh there's no there there once you get <laughs> that deep in that culture. Uh, so let's I, I think that's let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. Uh, my name is Zachary Allard. You can find me at Twitter, uh, at Zachary underscore Allard. You can find me at Michael Tabor. Follow the pod at Shitty underscore Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.